Hello, Team Builder. Thank you so much for joining us today on Ask Michelle and Chris. We're here to answer your questions about team building so we can learn and grow together. I'm your host, Chris Cabert, of Fun Doing and On Team Building. I'm joined by my co-host, Michelle Cummings of Training Wheels. Let's go find out what we can answer for you today. On the episode today, we're going to talk about blindfolds. What are the pros and cons of using blindfolds? I'm sure most of you out there in your team building career have had a choice to use blindfolds or not, so you're going to have an opinion either way. Michelle and I both think that there's valid use in in both using blindfolds and not using blindfolds. Let's start out with some pros. How about if we use blindfolds, what would we use them for? Yeah. So blindfolds, I would say I use them a lot early in my career and maybe not as much now. For me, I when I use blindfolds, it usually is with a youth population. I would say early in my career when I worked with a lot more youth programs, I would find some kids just physically could not keep their eyes closed when you asked them to. The use of blindfolds was really helpful then, and it helped the participants feel like they were following the rules and they were following the rules And it helped us be able to then do the activity in a way that it was designed to be done without using your eyesight. And one thing I love about blindfolds is that as soon as you remove the element of sight, it awakens your other senses. And so I think that is a definite pro to why you would use them, because there's a lot of learning that can take place. What you aren't aware of when you have your eyes open all the time, now all of a sudden you remove that resource And now all of a sudden, my ears, I'm just so much more conscious of so many other things when I don't have the use of my sight. So I think that's definitely a pro to using blindfolds. Yeah, outcome. Outcome Outcome-based. If we have outcomes that we can't reach that outcome any other way, blindfolds would be a choice to provide to participants. If I ever use blindfolds now, it's about trying to create the same experience with everybody in the group. It will be a particular group. I want to know that, you know, if I've got a pretty good idea that people will not have a a different experience or experience that would take them off track of what we're doing, and I provided everybody a blindfold, then we all get to talk about that same experience together. We were all blindfolded. So we all had that sense taken away. Now we can all speak to it. If you have some people that don't use blindfolds and choose not to, they might not be able to relate exactly with everyone else. They will have their own experience, which could be a con, you know, how that could fall into that positive of, of working together in the same task. I had a different perception because I didn't have a blindfold on and you had a blindfold on. So how do we talk about that? So that could be a good experience, a good way to share difference if you're working together with a group and some have blindfolds, some don't. In my experience, I, I've seen people check out if they don't, ha- if they're not, t- can't talk the same uh, language as the people with the blindfolds on. I think that to me, it, I'm losing some of my participants, so I want to be able to have everybody working together. What about you? You talked about before we got on the air about different ways to change sight. Yeah. I have one client in particular that does a lot of alcohol and drug prevention work with groups, and they have 
the these impaired vision goggles that they use. And it's literally when you put them on, the line of sight or the line of vision in them literally makes your eyes go two different ways. And I I put them on and it instantly sends your head into a little bit of a tizzy because you don't know what to focus on. So it really, they're very disorienting. That could be something that you could do. Rather than a blindfold, maybe you have an impaired vision in some sort of way. Another thing that I've done, I found a pair of glasses one time that when you put them on, they only had really kind of maybe a little bit bigger than pinhole vision to where when you look out, you're only seeing really limited amount of of light getting in. So it was, you just restricted your vision that way. And then if I have no props whatsoever, if you take your hand, even as the listener right now, take your hand and make like the letter O with your hand and then put that up over your eyes, um, almost if you're looking through pretend binoculars. And if you do that, now I have no peripheral vision. And so it still, it's limiting the, um, what you can see, but it's not taking away your entire vision. So that could also be a pro to using a, something like a blindfold. You're impairing the vision, but yet not using covering the full eye. So, so I think there's alternatives to using the full blindfold, but still impairing vision. Cause if that's the goal and the outcome that we're trying to do is, is to awaken some of the other senses, awaken what we do see or don't see, then those are ways that to to tweak and change and adapt what we're doing. Yeah, just limiting your sense. Mm -hmm. And then just being able to talk about when your senses are limited, what's your experience? Again, outcome-based. Yeah, cool. I have seen glasses that baseball players wear that that prevent them from seeing down to the ground. They put them on and, and they're little kind of little shelves right under their eyes uh, where they have to actually physically move their head uh, dramatically to see what's mm. on the ground. It's a little training tool, but yeah. those are those have been kind of fun. I've used those in the past with some people in the group. I'll give them that impairment. And then how did that affect their experience? And then we get to talk about that. So there are ways that we can limit senses too. So that's pretty cool. Yeah. How about how about going into let's go into the cons. If we use blindfolds, what may be some downsides of that? I think for me now, I don't use blindfolds as much anymore because I had a few poor experiences with a couple of participants that made me rethink why I'm using them. And again, being outcome based and trying to make sure that we're keeping both an emotional and physical safe environment for our participants. I try to now operate more from a trauma informed. And so for me, I don't want to use a blindfold that may send somebody into literal and figurative dark place. Because again, we, we have no idea the past and things that people are bringing with them, all the baggage that they bring with us when they come to our programs. And if a blindfold is going to trigger a trauma for somebody, then that's not my intent behind why they're in my program, likely for the day. And so I don't want to surface anything by the use of a blindfold in a program that I don't have time to tackle because it wasn't the intent behind what I was doing. Just being more empathetic with my with the participant view, I just want to make sure that I have time to debrief well whatever happens. And if I send someone into a traumatic place unintentionally, I may not have time in the program 
to tackle that in the debrief and to really process through the experience. And therefore, I think I feel like it would be a detriment to the participant experience. And that's not what I want to do. I just ask people to close their eyes, right? You can still do limited vision by just asking them to close their eyes. Then if someone gets super freaked out, they can quickly open their eyes, get their bearings, go right back into closing their eyes again. I think that's okay. And it still gives me something to debrief. Yeah. And the, and the downside, if they have a blindfold on and they want to open their eyes, sure, they could pull the blindfold off, but most people will think that would be breaking the rules or against what they're doing. And they'll feel uh, bad about making that choice where if it's just about opening your eyes, it gives them that safety net to be able to do what feels right for them at the time. Yeah. And we want to give those experiences to them so that then we can talk about that. Mm-hmm. You, I noticed, you know, some people opened their eyes. Why would we do that in this situation? We could make it very general. We don't even have to point out who did that. You could make this conversation for the group at a level where it's empathetic towards someone who might do that and then discuss the things that lead to maybe it's a trust issue. Maybe it's a feeling safe. And do you feel safe with this group? Or are there other places in your life where, you know, you feel that you just really need to have those eyes open metaphorically all the time? Those are good conversations to get into. So if we use blindfolds, we eliminate some of the choices that people may have. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like, I, I'm more towards not using them and having that choice Or one of the activities that I do now is I even have them keep their eyes open and walk across an obstacle field. Some of us might be calling that minefield. They're going to look straight across the, the, the minefield area at their partner who's directing them without challenging them not to look down. Mm -hmm. So now we're even keeping our eyes open and not seeing what's below us and trusting our person in front of us. We've, now, given that option, well, if you look down, why did you look down? What, Where did that come from? So you don't even have to even ask them to close their eyes in some situations and still reach the same kind of an outcome. Yeah. I have another activity that I like to use called human camera. And I believe this is a Carl Ronke, one of his originals. And to where you partner two people up, you have one person that's going to be the photographer, the other person that's going to be the camera. Uh, the person that's the camera, you have them close their eyes. And then the person who's the photographer, then they verbally guide the camera to an area where then they either tap them on the shoulder or something to where then they open their eyes for about five seconds and then they close them again. And it's just that image that they capture for those five seconds. And then they, and then they close their eyes again. And then they, I usually have them do three pictures, three different scenes. And then um, after that's finished, then they flip-flop roles. Then the photographer becomes the camera, the camera becomes the photographer, and then they get to walk and take three different pictures with them. And I have found some of the most rewarding debriefs happen with what do people see and what did they choose to to show, what did the photographer choose to capture in that lens? And such great analogies be- behind like, what are the, what, what is the pictures that we're seeing? How do people show up in the world? What do we see in that five seconds? And how do we make assumptions and, and judgments about what we see in that mere five seconds? And then relating that back to the real world. Really cool stuff. Yeah. 
Yeah, I love human camera as well. I, I love the idea of also asking them if I have the time, the partners will go out and they'll go find those pictures again. Like mm. where I, you took a, I took a picture with you with the flowers. Can you find the flowers? Mm -hmm. And now it's kind of a little scavenger hunt of where you you got to walk to with your partner. And a communication activity where you're blindfolding someone, you're trusting someone, you're closing your eyes, whatever it is, you're taking away that sense and then taking care of them. So there's a lot to talk about when we're closing our eyes. And we all know when we do that, a lot of times it's bumpers up, right? We want bumpers right. up and want to take care of each other. Yeah. Blindfolds, I, I would say there are still people that love to use blindfolds and that's okay, right? For me, I don't use them as much, but that doesn't mean that people shouldn't use them. So I think there's some pros and some cons to them, but I would say ultimately, of course, it's up to you as a facilitator to really know your group and to know what is appropriate, what parameters you need to put on them, whether or not your participants can handle them or not, or whether they can do the activity without a blindfold. Blindfolds, pros and cons, kind of up to you, the facilitator, to decide whether they're appropriate to use with your group or not. Look at your outcomes and the intent behind why you're using them and make a good choice. Thanks so much for listening. If you have additional answers or comments about this question, please send them our way. And if you have a question you'd like us to tackle, we would love to hear it. You can find the submission link and anything we discussed in today's episode in the show notes. Find the show notes and past episodes at onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. That's onteambuilding.com forward slash ask podcast. You can find me and sign up for my newsletter at training-wheels.com. You can sign up for my Fun Doing Fridays activity email and find me at onteambuilding.com. We hope you join us next week for Ask Michelle and Chris About Team Building. <laughs>